0: I'm very happy to see everybody here together today, um, celebrating our year of study of the Eightfold Path and having a chance to bring a nice end to the year. Um, I'm Liz Powell and um, I would like to give a chance for each of the uh, fellow leaders to introduce themselves and then make a few brief announcements about this wonderful place we are today, Insight Retreat Center. How many people have been here before? Wow, that's great. And welcome to back and welcome to all the people who are new here. Um it's an exciting day to be able to share this beautiful place. And um so with that I'd like my fellow leaders to introduce themselves briefly and then I'll I'll share a few more announcements. So
1: I'm Chris Clifford. Is this on? It is. Yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. So, um, I just want to acknowledge that there's three groups brought together here today. The Redwood City program from IMC, the Insight Santa Cruz program, and maybe some people from Modesto. So, so uh, you might ask each other where you're from when we have some talking time and uh, meet some new people. Very happy to be here. I wasn't expecting to be here, and those of you who heard me say many times, I'm not coming. Anitia, <laughs> impermanence happens, here I am. <laughs>
2: I'm also very happy to be here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Kim Allen, and I was the coordinator for the Santa Cruz program. And one of the benefits of being local is that we have a couple of our mentors here, a few of our mentors here also. I want to point out Leslie Tremaine and Kara and Jim. Did I see Jim? Yeah. Anybody else? Are there any other? And oh, and we also want to point out Lauren, who's one, I was a coordinator, yeah. So welcome to them sharing in our day together, also. Um, I feel very fortunate to have been involved with this program, I think, from the very beginning, when it began at IMC, I don't know, six or seven years ago, something like that. And I can say that after all that time, I I still haven't completed the Eightfold Path. So (laughs) um, there's a lot of opportunity to continue growing with this path. Thank you.
3: Hello, everyone. Um, it's nice to see um, some of you that I know and, and meet you, uh, some of, of you that I have not met before. <laughs> um, <coughs> it, is, um, it is an honor to be here um, with my dear friends, uh, Chris and Liz and Kim. and. Um, I've been um doing some of the teachings in the eightfold path program for the past two or three years too and and you know it's is is a path that it just I continue to integrate in my daily life it's like over and over again just like you know a beginner um with the teachings and I know that some of you have taken the program uh more than once and It just makes me happy that you're here also. So, um, welcome everyone. And
0: I I want to acknowledge that um, Insight Retreat Center is all donation, all volunteer. And so it's always helpful to begin and end with gratitude for that. The hundreds, thousands of people who've contributed their time and um, effort and money and all the things that people have given. Um, And there are some people here who are helping on a continuous basis. So um, if you're one of the resident volunteers, would you please raise your hand so that people can thank you, Stas? And um, I had invited some of them up and you may see them in the center throughout the day. So they live here, they work here, they keep the place going between retreats and on retreats very grateful for that. And then um, Carrie and Michelle have come, please raise your hands. They've come today specifically to cook for us, to prepare a delicious lunch. And so grateful for your efforts to come and feed us heart and soul um, with the kitchen. And they'll also be in the kitchen for those of you who are volunteering um, after lunch. We'll train you and we'll be helping them out. Um, I really want to give a deep bow of appreciation to Lauren for coming after a grueling week at work on another coast, coming here to um, check everybody in and to help manage the day uh, for us. So thank you so much, Lauren. Um, And, you know, a lot of people have done a lot of work before we even got here. Um, The resident volunteers, Doug, who's our retreat facilitator. So I just want to appreciate that, um, that we're... We're really supported by a lot of really loving hearts and and people who are working hard here um, and thank you for your generosity in spending the day together you know and sharing this day and sharing the path throughout the year. Um, I think you know it's all about our relationships with ourselves and with others, and it's very helpful to have this way to wrap up a year of uh, hard work and study um so please come to any of us with any questions throughout the day to lauren to any of us leaders if you have questions or need help with anything today um this afternoon it, lauren signed you up uh, many of you up for uh practice in action so we, we won't only be doing sitting and discussing as we have throughout the year we'll also be practicing the eightfold path as we go throughout the day um, as we contribute to the center helping with cleanup, helping with various tasks. Um, and this is a, a great place to practice renunciation. <laughs> so there's some letting go that we can do while we're here um, that also helps protect protect the property and protect the neighbors. We share this neighborhood with um, seven other uh, folks. And so some of the things that we do to protect ourselves and them include um, w- as you walk, please stay on the grounds. Um, please don't walk on sunny acres, the road that runs in front of the property. That's kind of a private driveway. And we can be with our slow walking when we do walking practice, it can sort of seem a little strange for people and unnerving. So please stay on the property. If you have to leave early for any reason, please let one of us know. So that you know, we're we're dedicated to your safety and comfort while you're here and if you leave and we don't know that you've left it's a little um we want to be sure that you're okay um we don't smoke anywhere on the property so we're uh, mindful of the fire hazards here if you do if you do hear a fire alarm and you see or smell smoke or fire please exit via the nearest exit Um, if you don't please come down through the community hall and then our gathering place whether you exit the nearest exit in case of fire and smoke or through the community hall or gathering places that traffic circle in the front and then we'll check that everybody is with us um, we you may have seen signs in the bathrooms we conserve water here so um, for liquid waste we don't flush every time uh, for solid waste we do but we're mindful of the fact that we're all on well water we're sharing it with the neighbors um, And also I wanna thank you all for carpooling. You could see that there was a limited amount of parking and I really appreciate those of you who uh, could arrange to do that today. Thank you. Um, we don't use our cell phones and our tablets when we're in the retreat center, so please refrain from that. See, see all the letting go you're getting to do already? <laughs> and we also, um, you know, those of us who are sitting up here sometimes get parched so we have water, but generally we don't bring water bottles or tea into the hall. So when you have a chance on a break, if you happen to bring one and you didn't know that, just take it and put it on one of the benches outside. Um, If you need a hearing assistive device, they are just outside the hall, just outside this door, and you can have one of those. And um, there's also a cat. You may see Stripe walking around on the property. And if you see Stripe, um, please don't pet him or let him inside because other people may be allergic to cat hair and um, it just protects your fellow yogis. Uh, there's The schedule for the day is posted on the bulletin board just outside this hall and also on the main floor near um, the wall that contains the manager's office, and the, there's a Donna box to give donations there. Um, so you can ta- pay attention to the bulletin board. But also, we're, we'll be in here much of the day, and we'll have bells when we have a walking break or a, any kind of break, uh, uh, lunch, we'll have bells. So please listen for the bells and come back. Um, then. Um, And that's about it uh, for announcements. Are there any questions about that before we get started or any reminders from those who know this system better and say, oh, she forgot to say something? Okay. Thanks for your renunciation practice and for protecting and keeping each other safe today. So we'll start with a guided mindfulness sit, and then we'll have, um, after that sit, um, Chris will give a talk on the where this Eightfold Path is leading, culminating. Um, we'll have time for possibly for some questions. We'll have a break and a silent walk this morning. Um, we'll have some discussion time. We'll have our delicious lunch, and then we'll have more time for more practice this afternoon. So um, taking time um, to just settle into your meditation posture and giving yourself a chance to just take stock of, before you even get into your meditation, how you are right now as you begin the day. Letting your body, your breath, your mind just let you know how you're doing in this moment. And if there's some fatigue or some uh, concerns that you've brought with you from the week or from your life, allowing yourself to take stock of those, but perhaps just with each breath, set those aside, let them drift to the background for now. They'll, They'll be there when you need to return to them. Sometimes allowing the in-breath to bring some energy into the body and allowing the out-breath to ease a little or release just a little some of those preoccupations. giving yourself time also to bring gradually some awareness and some ease throughout the body. Perhaps starting with the crown of the head and just feeling how that feels right now. Bringing some breath into it. If there's any tightness there, just seeing it, just being aware of it perhaps releasing or relaxing some of the muscles of the head where it's possible. The crown of the head, the forehead, the temples, the cheekbones, the jaws, the lips, allowing for whatever release or relaxation is possible or awareness of what's present in the muscles of the face and head. Little ease, perhaps, to the shoulders. letting them fall. Letting the arms and hands relax. bringing some softness to the chest the back perhaps allowing the muscles to Ease a little in the upper back, the middle back, the lower back. as you feel the belly rise and fall, perhaps just letting the belly hang forward. Letting the attention to flow to just allowing gravity to hold your seat and legs and no need for any extra work on your part just letting go into gravity into Mother Earth Perhaps even in bringing this awareness to the body, maybe you're feeling some of that right view that tells you the causes and conditions that have led to the body as it sits here right now, the conditions you're creating and coming here today to help mind, heart, and body have some ease or some attention to its needs giving your kind attention to any area that's having stress or suffering just by bringing kind attention to it You've set foot on the Eightfold Path and you're practicing it. By becoming deeply familiar with what's here, and feeling some appreciation for bringing yourself here to work with all those conditions of heart, mind, and body. Practicing right view of seeing stress, seeing suffering, becoming familiar with it, and perhaps watching it begin to ease up begin to be seen and released through the Eightfold Path. Perhaps giving some awareness to the intentions that you're holding today. The beginning of intentions, allowing yourself to see and and to see with some ease or kindness or just attention any movements of the intention towards any lust or ill will or harming and perhaps noticing where there is there are none of those where there's no lust appreciating where there is no ill will appreciating where there is non-harming perhaps noticing what kind of internal voice if you're speaking to yourself internally as you do this meditation how is that voice? is there some measure of generosity kindness compassion appreciating those qualities, those intentions when they're there appreciating whatever tone of voice is there is being seen. By being here today and by participating this year, feeling how you've worked with non-harming, being clear about not taking what is not giving or getting more clear on it, getting more clear on not harming anyone through your sexuality seeing how in this very moment you're practicing non-harming through thought or intention non-harming through body non-harming through action or mind of any kind seeing that what you're taking in by being here, by doing this Eightfold Path practice, and what you're giving out through these practices is a kind, compassionate way of living in the world. It's generous to do this practice. And when you're doing this practice and whether you are or are not feeling generous or feeling kind or feeling compassionate you can be in that process of noticing how, the, how you are, whether the state you're in feels healthy and wholesome and then cultivating and maintaining that, if it's there, appreciating it, enjoying it. And if it doesn't feel so healthy or wholesome, appreciating that you're seeing that and having the opportunity to release even that. See it soften at some point. See the intention of the effort that turns it towards a more helpful state. Just by bringing this beautiful quality of mindfulness, of clear comprehension of what is actually happening in you from moment to moment, as you sit here, as you've gone throughout the year, as you go throughout today. This quality that shines a light on what's happening in the body, in the mind, in the mental processes this is what allows you to move from stress and suffering progressively towards releasing those letting them having them fall away from you leaving more clarity perhaps more peace and ease perhaps Just some space, some spaciousness. taking a a nice chunk of the rest of this meditation to feel the collectedness any collectedness or gathering or stilling that's present and any other factors that are present just shining this light of mindfulness coming back again and again to mindfulness of what is here honestly clearly without worry because whatever is here is included as we bring mindfulness to it, it's all included on the path. That in doing this you are walking the path, you are being the Eightfold Path in all of its various forms.
1: So I've done this program, I think this is my seventh year of being involved in this program one way or another, and uh, I was reflecting on what it's like to come to this point of ha- have we, you know, started back in September, you've spent a whole year engaging with all these factors that Liz beautifully reminded us of. And what came to mind is this, uh, this Um, contemplative installation at a retreat center that I've been to in New Mexico many times where they have, first you walk a labyrinth. You've seen these, these contemplative labyrinths. And so you wander around, wander around, find your way, and you wind up in the center of this labyrinth. And then it leads off into a path that goes all over this several-acre property, and it goes through lots of different qualities. It's kind of a Christian-oriented place, and so it's got slightly different names, but they're awfully similar, things like taking up a practice, and compassion, and service, and humility, and truth, and love. And then you finally wind up, the last factor is wisdom. And at one point in the path, you go through this uh, little... uh, hut that they've decorated with skeletons from the Mexican Day of the Dead, and uh, you're invited to do various purifying rituals with little equipment that they have there. So just standing for some of the skeletons in our closet that we probably encountered in the course of looking at these factors this year. And then you come back to the factor of wisdom, which is a, a bench you can sit on, and you realize that you're back to looking over the labyrinth, but you're on a little rise, maybe four or five feet up, and so I feel like sometimes that's what it's like to practice for a year. Well, you've got a little more perspective <laughs> you know you can you can look down in the labyrinth you can kind of see how it's set out you're you're a little more familiar with the inner workings of your body and your mind and and your habits and so forth you've just got even a couple feet of perspective is so helpful you know it's like you've got your eyes above the water and you can have a little look at what's going on so uh, I think. I want to look at the perspective that we started with back in September. I sort of want to put the, the jewels of the path back in the frame that they that they come from in many of the teachings, which is the Four Noble Truths. And Right View that we looked at at the beginning of the year, if you recall, had these two aspects. One, that our actions have consequences. And I bet we've discovered that all year. Our actions of speech and behavior and our mind, our thoughts and our our livelihood and all the ways that we interact with people and the ways we talk to ourselves and all kinds of things have consequences. And then we can learn to have this perspective as we look at all of our conditioning and our behavior, and we can begin to look at it in terms of the Four Noble Truths. So I imagine most of you, in looking inside, you, you've become pretty familiar with Dukkha and its various flavors this year. You know, what is it like to have all this conditioning to desire things and to want things, to want things to be different, to struggle with how things are when there's loss and change and not getting what you want and so forth. So we're beginning to look at this struggle or despair, and ease or unease, sense of inner peace or, you know, despair at what's going on there. And then there's this truth of, um, you know, that we can look within and find out how we're relating to what's happening. And that's the avenue for transformation. And that there is a possibility of release and letting go and growing out of these habits through seeing them clearly. And that the path is the way to do that. Um so I think it's very interesting to see hopefully throughout the year what we've been doing is developing an inner sense of what's meant by this word dukkha so that it's really becoming for us a guide and a kind of an orienta- an orienting factor it's a great teacher it's like the guardrails on on the path that when you're when you're heading in the wrong direction you you get you know, scraping and burning <laughs> along the edges and, uh, and it really begins to help bring you back into the present moment. So, just talking a little bit about this felt sense of whether, when you're heading toward ease and relaxing and letting go, and when you're heading toward tensing up and clinging and fighting and struggling, this is a theme that can begin to rise out of working with each one of these factors. It's almost like another holistic sense that we have. You know, which way am I going here? Am I going toward gripping and contracting and tightening up and going up into the, to the head and struggling with things? Or am I opening up and saying, let me just be patient with this. Let me just see what this is. So I'm sure you've seen many times during this year when, you know, maybe you more quickly turn toward taking a deep breath when someone says something you disagree with strongly, you know. Maybe your intention, your first impulse is to lash back or to to somehow take up the argument right away. But maybe you notice, maybe you can breathe and center yourself and come into a... a a much more stable relationship with where you are right now before you do that. Maybe you've learned to see, to outlast a bad mood, you know, you can see that you, if you explore it, sense into it and be patient with it, it's possible that you'll learn something from it, that it will pass on its own before you rush to distract and numb yourself out maybe you find some, maybe you find yourselves inclining toward a little more compassion and equanimity instead of just suffering from this despair and rage over the news. If you take in the news every day, you know, how is your relationship to that shifted over the year? When you, when you hear what's going on, something that you're unhappy with or disagree with, how, how is your relationship to that shifted over the year? So we're really becoming sensitive to the felt sense of clinging and craving and resisting and holding. What's that like in your mind? What's that like in your body? Even in retrospect, you can see what it felt like to do something harmful and how you had to tighten up or maybe mentally shut down dim your awareness turn away from something in order to act that way so you begin to see where the where the levers are in the mind where the points of leverage are and what's what's if you catch something in the moment it's an actual chance to notice oh that's the move that that shuts down my awareness and permits me to do something that's not skillful like that so as we become more attuned to checking inward instead of outward All the path factors become both guides for our continuing practice and also deepening fruits. They're also refuges in a sense that we can always turn to. We can always turn to right view in the sense of dharma understanding, that this is how life is when things happen. It's not some big personal shortcoming of yours that something difficult is happening, (coughs) it's just the way it is. If we find ourselves not having our own way, we can look at this as a doorway into understanding how do we live on a planet with 10 billion people all having their own view of what is the way things should be and what does it mean to have have your perspective and other people's perspective in mind. This refuge in our wholesome intentions is always possible. Even if we can't control what's happening, we can or the result. We can look at what was my intention going into this and really get work on getting more and more clear of what is your intention. You might find your ethical behavior around speech and actions and taking things you might find it becoming more inwardly motivated not so much a should or somebody tells you to but you directly see how this causes harm to you and causes harm to others and you begin to taste this bliss of blamelessness it's so it becomes not a should but really more rooted in who you are and what your deepest intentions are an effort is this great interest in learning to be the gardeners of our own minds. Knowing that you can always look at what's happening. Am I not happy here? Instead of just always thinking, well, I need to buy something or get something or change something. See if you can find some, some internal movement that can shift your mood. And, and okay, you know, I can... I can be glad that I have this path, I can be glad that I have this ability to tap into my well wishes for myself and others. And learning the skill of inner, inner uh, gardening of your own mind. And then mindfulness, of course, is the absolute necessity for safety from inner and outer harm. Being aware. if Once you're aware, all the rest of this becomes available. And as we practice this, our our ability to rest in states of a little bit of samadhi might begin to deepen, brings this harmless pleasure, this sense of well-being, tastes of peace of mind. It becomes easier to believe and trust in letting go. And practicing in this way leads to deepening insight it's so it, the path is not only just a safe way to get through the wilderness and a safe way to be as you go through life but it is going somewhere it's going to deeper and deeper layers of release leading to liberation from all those forces those influences of greed and hatred and delusion and their power to to get the better of your motivation and actually influence what you do we talked about this in the beginning it It's as the spiraling of the path that we go through the path and then it comes back to right view. Right view keeps deepening and as right view deepens then right intentions flow more naturally and then the other speech, action, livelihood flows more naturally. And in a couple of suttas, they actually add two more factors to the path that I want to talk about a little bit today. So in some suttas, there's mention of a tenfold path. And I think of that as actually spelling out kind of the dot, dot, dotted line that goes back to right view at the beginning. And those factors are right knowledge and right release. So when all these factors are well-developed, the path deepens into right knowledge. The Buddha says, for one who is concentrated and in, in really has been able to let go and relax into these deep states of samadhi, there is no need to intend, may I know and see things as they really are. It is a natural law for one with a concentrated mind to know and see things as they really are. So this is pointing to the fact that in the beginning there's a lot of doing in this. You know, there's a lot of making effort and trying because you're really swimming upstream of your old habits and your conditioning. But the longer you practice with this, the more it begins to tip and it starts to, you know, the conditioning begins to go the other way so that your natural inclination begins to be more on the side of responding wisely to these things. So it's it's pointed out that it, that there are three kinds of knowledge, knowledge that you gain from hearing and listening and reading, you know, things you've heard that you take in information. Then there's when you really contemplate on it and think about it and understand it and come to a kind of heartfelt agreement with it yourself, which you've probably been doing if you've been involved in this scene for a while. You think about it, you understand it. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I agree with that. That's a deeper kind of understanding. And then the third kind, which is really transformative, is the knowledge of direct experience. That's really not mediated by words or concepts, but it's when you really let yourself feel, on the one hand, the pain of suffering, of what it's like to be caught up in negative thinking, what it's like to be caught up in hatred. And then on the other hand, you let yourself really feel the bliss of, you know, the relief at having not said that thing that you might have said. What a relief that you don't have to go around cleaning up after all the things that might have happened if you said that. And you have, you know, if you really begin to let that in, you know, your training, your your mind wants the best for you. Your whole system is designed actually to make you happy, believe it or not. It's just not all that wise, you know, in how it's going about it because of all the conditions of the way the world is and our childhood habits and so forth. But if you can start to give it better information, your system will begin to be on the side of naturally helping you with these things. So this, um, I mean, you know how easy it is to know something and even totally agree with it, and yet you keep getting um, ambushed by these habit energies. You know, you you think you're going to, I don't know, be moderate in consumption of something and next thing you know, you've, there you are at the refrigerator or there you are yelling at somebody, or hours later you've read the umpteenth article, editorial, that's got you all outraged, you know. What? What? I wasn't going to do this <laughs> anymore. You know, so it takes a long time to let the understanding that you gain from studying this and from reflecting on it slowly percolate through your whole system but it does do it and it's really this direct experiential in the moment catching these things in the action of happening that actually gets down into the wellsprings of what really arises in our experience. I remember my father, you know, he was, he could read, he knew cigarettes were bad for him, you know, but he smoked (laughs) a bag. (laughs) <laughs> day, forever, until one day, you know, one Friday, his doctor said, ooh, some some spot on your lung, you're going to have to come back and look at this on Monday, he never smoked again, you know, it, it turned out to be nothing, he had another 30 years to not smoke, but you know, it just the reality of, oh me, they mean me, they mean really, you know, it just, it just, whoa, you know, that's so different from all the information that you can take in. You know, so working with these factors is really about finding more ways, and you can be really creative with yourself, of just finding ways to touch reality. You know, to, rea- to notice when your mind is wandering off into making excuses and procrastinating and postponing and, oh, they think that way, but I don't. And just, oh, right here, right now, really, what, what is this move? So this direct knowing, it deepens, this direct felt sense, this deepening realization, what are we realizing? Is that really all of our motives that lead away from the path are actually rooted in delusion. You know, it's very hard to let go of the belief that if only I could just get all those other people to agree with me or all these ducks lined up or get, you know, everything politically, correct or something then you know then i could have a moment of peace and it's a matter of seeing that you know it's here and now it's inside it's gonna have to be worked on this way and so we see more and more deeply what doesn't do it for us that we thought was going to do it for us you know it hasn't worked again to do whatever you know change jobs. I mean, I'm not saying we don't do those things. We do them, but they aren't the source of the ultimate lasting happiness that we think they're going to be. We still have things we have to work with in our new relationship, in our new job, in our our new uh, house, whatever it is. So you sort of really, I think I find that what's really weakened for me over the years is the belief that something or circumstance is going to do it for me. You know, I notice those thoughts arising and it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, just pat myself on the head like, sure, you know, go ahead and try it. But, you know, keep, keep a huge part of your intention grounded in the path as far as what's really going to be more likely to work. So it actually deepens both ways. If we undertake the meditative side of it, you know the calm the taking the time to calm the mind, then we experience this deeper contentment and these beautiful states of mind are able to arise beautiful states of heart We get this deep trust in awareness and that begins to fill in some of the needs that we have that we've been looking for in less skillful ways so it works both by seeing the the futility of trying to go for things. You know, in ways that just don't work, and seeing really the beauty of working with these factors and deepening this inner ability to uh, to find contentment and ease and joy and peace. And we have this. Then we have this increased sensitivity to when we're contracting. You know, it, it it kind of. I think over time. I used to have to get pretty gross suffering before I hit my threshold of, oh, right, you know, I should practice with this. And over time, that threshold has gotten lower and lower. So, you know, I notice much more quickly when I'm caught up in, in you know, self-critical thoughts or other people-critical thoughts. And it just, it doesn't feel right. It's just got a little grind to it. And I'm, I'm accustomed enough to a better feeling that I can notice the difference more quickly. So this is right knowledge. Each moment, you know, it's tempting to think of right knowledge as some big bang thing that just hasn't happened to you yet somehow, but it's filling the bucket of right knowledge drip by drip every time you see directly into what's happening, you know, and, it, and right knowledge leads to right release the inner magnetism of our reactivity gets less and less and less, and the magnetism of staying on the path gets greater and greater. It feels, sometimes to me, I notice that I'm in a situation where I would habitually have just grabbed onto something, you know, got it or gotten all entangled with it. And now it feels... It's like the rushing stream used to go that way, and I'd just be carried that way over and over again, and now it's like it's much more settled as a baseline, and so it feels like a really heavy lift to you know I don't know take up some petty argument that i you know it's like okay, you know, and it's not an it's not a sense of indifference because you know when there is something that you can actually do then it comes from more strength, it comes from a deeper rooted sense of strength that's going to go the long term, not just be a a quick flash of kind of gripping in the heart anger of some sort. So less panicky and personal, you know, and more a sense of the resolve and the inner strength to do what needs to be done. So at some point there can be some things that are sort of like tipping points, you know, I don't know if you've heard of that book, but he's talking about how change happens. The incremental change piles up, and then suddenly something happens. So it can be that somehow you just some people have an experience that that it's deeper than intentionally letting go over and over again. But just something, some whole layer of contraction just drops away. It's had its what it takes to keep holding all that energetic tension is gone, and it drops away. And it can be sort of like Humpty Dumpty, you know, you can't put it back together again. So it's disbanded and it's, it's gone. And uh, this, is, this is wonderful. It's like seeing how a magic trick is done. You know, once you've seen it, you can't unknow it. Or the famous story of seeing that the rope, that what you thought was a snake is really a rope. You know, your fear drops away and you, you, you know what that is from now on. So this knowing and release unfolds in layers. It starts with our understanding and our beliefs and, and our building up our faith in that these teachings make sense and it's in no way wasting your time to listen to talks and read, you know, and take in the information about all this. And it's like furnishing your mind with a useful model of of how to how to think about things. And, you know, then it moves into really being able to address some of our deeper drives and emotional old hurts and needs and so forth. And then finally gets down to very subtle identifications with our individualistic survival strategies and stuff that, you know, most of us have a long way to go in really letting go of. But you can see it and you can have the faith that it's something that can be looked at. Um, My teacher used to talk about, the idea of sudden insight and then gradual cultivation. And Jack Cornfield has this wonderful book called, you know, uh After the Ecstasy of the Laundry. You know, so there can be wonderful moments of insight and clarity and then and they are valuable. But they're they're momentary and then there's the long work of using now you have that that little flashlight and now you can use it to work on your other stuff. You can realize it can be different. It can be better than this. Let me see if I can understand what's going on right now with when your old stuff keeps coming up year after year after year. There's a wonderful metaphor I like of the, of, uh, a ro- the rotting rigging of a ship that's been left up on the beach for the winter. Gradually, gradually, gradually the ropes begin to rot and you know, one thread at a time might break. You know, and you never know the moment when that rope is going to fall apart. You pick it up and it falls apart, you know. So these things are getting slowly worn out. There's a sutta with lot that where this uh, analogy comes from. The Buddha says, I tell you monks, it is for one who knows and sees that there is an ending of the influences of greed, hatred, and delusion. For one who knows what and sees what, is there an ending of these? Such is form, such its origination, such its passing away, such is feeling, such is perception, such is mental fabrication, such is consciousness. This is its origin, this is its passing away. So it's pointing to that perspective where we're not just completely caught up in our activity as if, you know, we couldn't look at it but you have that that few feet of perspective on this is this is perception you know that those people are wrong and this is a perception and you have it you acknowledge that there it is but it's just a perception and it's due to conditions that you have and they have their conditions so it's a whole different perspective on looking at how things are instead of just believing everything that comes up and happens and then he goes on to say that um, even though this wish may occur to someone who dwells with, even though the wish, oh, might my, my mind be released from all this, even though this wish occurs to you, if you dwell without development, it won't necessarily happen. So the development of what? The development of the Eightfold Path and the various other lists in Buddhism. And then he says, even if, But if you do that development, and even if that thought, oh, may I be free of all this, does not occur to you, it will still unfold for you because you've been doing the practice. So in other words, it's not just about wishful thinking. It's about actually doing the practice and then trusting that when you've done the practice, then your whole system begins to incline and slope like a downhill river towards release. And so then living the path just becomes an expression of the awakened mind. What time is it? Oh, I'm over. Okay, so I'll just stop here. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to... I, I love this quote from uh, Paul Fleischman. I probably read it in the beginning, but I'll read it again. Peace is a dynamic product of the way you live, committed, forgiving, and patient. It's not a safe platform but a direction recurrently renewed, a devotion and a discipline." You know, so it's it's a way of life. And then Bhikkhu Bodhi, in his preface to one of the books that we've used this year, he says, the only requirements for reaching the final goal are two, to start and to continue. (laughs) So we've all started and may we continue. Thank you.